Hello, everyone. Welcome to Catalog and Cocktails, where we all bring a, a beverage and uh, we bring our ideas and we talk about data. Uh, I'm Tim Gasper, uh, Director of Product over at Data.World uh, and joined by Juan. Hi, I'm Juan Cicada. Juan, you want to introduce yourself? I'm Juan Cicada, the Principal Scientist here at Data.World and always uh, look forward to this uh, hour in the middle of the week because it's kind of like the, <laughs> let's just separate from everything and just go have a nice chat. How are you yeah, doing, it's a good Tim? way to kind of break up the week, right? Um, Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. My uh, my family's in town, and so we donned our masks. And my mom's looking at houses, so that that was a way that we spent a couple hours today. Oh wow! Yeah, so things are going a little bit crazy, but uh, but yeah. So here we are. So what are you what are you uh, having to drink today? Uh, that is a great question. Um, I am drinking. It's called a strange weaver. Um, this happened because I was like, well, here's what I have in my liquor cabinet. So let me go and look at what actually uh, I could make with this. Uh, and it's kind of like similar to a Negroni, except it's got rum, uh, in it and vermouth. And, um, you're supposed to use a uh, orgeat, but I don't have orgeat. So I just put a little simple syrup in, so it works, but I'll, I'll paste the link in the chat. It's actually a pretty tasty drink. I, I like Negroni, so it's very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, so I am drinking Waterloo. But I'm also drinking, I just wanted to sip on a nice rum. So this is, I think, the best rum in the world is Ron Sacapa from Guatemala, 23 years. Oh, nice. Uh, that is, I don't think they even let them compete anymore because they're just the best. So anyways, cheers. And I wonder if anybody's around there, whether just share around uh, in the chat, what are you guys drinking and what everybody's up to. So um, yeah, please taste your, uh, your beverages or uh, things that you're interested in talking about today. Um, obviously, we've got uh, a couple of topics queued up for today um, that we wanted to go into. Uh, last week, we were talking uh, quite a bit about personas, right, and sort of more of the data producers on one side, more the data consumers on the other side, um, and a little bit around um, sort of this uh, data product manager or this knowledge scientist who can kind of bridge those two worlds, right? Yeah. So. so we were talking about the personas. We were talking about a lot of their pains, right? Kind of uh, what do they go through? But we kind of just stopped there, right? We just like, but then we, the next step is like, okay, how do we take their pains away? How do, how can these personas, right? You're a data engineer, data steward, data analyst, a product data manager. Uh, how can you be successful? What does success look like? what are the tools that you need and that will provide value for, for you to be successful at your job? And I think that, that that's kind of a, I think that would be a natural kind of follow-up from our conversation uh, last week. And I think that's where we want to kind of spend some time right now and then open up for discussion in a bit. Yeah, exactly. So I know that, um, you know, one of the things that we thought was really valuable is thinking about these different pains and kind of, grouping them together into some themes and some sort of functional areas. And, um, you know, one of the ways that we think about it at Data in Our World is we kind of organize it into these five main sort of pillars, these sort of main sort of um, uh, sort of value and also pain areas, right? Um, and one of them is, first of all, visibility. It's like, can I see the data that I have? Can I understand how it connects together? 
Um, you know, that's like sort of, I can't manage what I can't see. And this is like, well, let me be able to see, right? So that's kind of visibility. Um, the second one is understanding. It's like, how do, you know, we be able to look at all these things and understand what they mean? What is the business context? Um, you know, how do we take more of the knowledge within our organization, and actually kind of connect it to the things that we made visible? Documentation, right, also kind of falls in this category. Uh, and then the other three that kind of complete out this whole sort of hierarchy is access. You know, I know that something exists. I'm beginning to understand it. How do I get access to it? Curation. There's so much stuff out there. How do I elevate the most important stuff? Uh, and then impact. How do I actually put these things to use uh, and actually have it be a part of my business process? So these are sort of five five sort of high level things, visibility, understanding, access, curation, and impact uh, that we like to think about. Yeah, I like how we partition this in a way that it's something that you can go in, you are, you go incremental, right? But at the same time, you can say, well, you know what, I'm, I'm interested more in access, I'm interested more in visibility. So we see people kind of fitting in that that's, that's their particular need, but in reality, you want to go through this progression of every of all these different steps because at the end you start with I don't know what data I have let me go find it and then let me go do something with the data and then I want to go share the work that I've done which I think that's a that's a part that people forget about right so when you mm -hmm. think about uh, um, let me go jump now to like to a data consumer they do work and they want to be able to share their work and they want to be able to make sure that the work gets reused because that's the most that's so frustrating that that I can imagine that I spent all this time doing an analysis, coming up with some answers to a question, and then it's there, it gets used. Then later on, somebody who I may not even know is probably trying to go answer a similar question or probably even the exact question. And guess what? They just spent all their time redoing the work. It ends up being different, probably not correct, because I already spent all the time doing it and figuring it out. And then you're like, wait, you just wasted all your time. And I already had this done. And like, there's so much frustration on both sides. Like, so th th that's an example of, 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 of kind of the pains that people go through. So you want to be able to, so if we flip it around, what should we be able to go do? Uh, so I think if I'm going to jump on that one specifically is we really need to have tools that give you features, tools and features to be able to collaborate, not collaborate data work right? Your, your knowledge work and be able in such that it can be reused and, and, and reproduced. So that's something that I find very, very, uh, very important. And, and, and you want to get everybody connected to. So that's, for example, you want to be able to have a tool where you can go share the work that you're doing and make sure it's that people can go find it and go reuse that. That's yeah, one thing. I, I think that's a, that's a super huge point. And I think that, um, you know, to your point around like a type of analysis, right? This is a little bit jumping towards the end in terms of, you know, how we think of these five things, right? This is a little bit more around uh, sort of impact and maybe a little bit around understanding. But, you know, it's one thing to be able to say like, oh, let's collaborate around a column or a table, right? Which is a little bit, you know, I shouldn't say a little bit. It's a lot of it, uh, a very tech-centric way of thinking of things, right? It's like, oh, we have this orders table. Uh, let's comment on it. Let's you know, let's uh, post, uh, you know, uh, dashboards that use this and stuff like that. I mean, now that you're, if you bring dashboards into the picture and things like that, you're getting a little closer to being able to say, hey, this is how you use this table. But a lot of times analysis is much more focused around a use case or a usage pattern, right? I'm trying to do profitability analysis. I'm trying to do sales forecasting. I'm trying to 
um, you know, figure out which claims, uh, you know, if I'm an insurance company or something like that, which, which claims were outside the norm of our, of our pricing model and do we need to adjust our pricing uh, algorithm to accommodate for these edge cases, you know, like the, these are the kinds of, um, of, of analyses that happen and why people are searching for data in a catalog, right? So just to, just to harp on impact for a little bit. Yeah. And then, so now you said another word, which is search. And I think search is, search goes it's in so many different aspects. Uh, we want to be able to, to, to search and go find the existing tables and columns for that. But I also want to be able to search for existing um, analytics analysis dashboards that have been created. I want to be able to go, I want to be able to search for the discussions that have occurred around particular topics. Um, so I think search is something that we really need to think about uh, holistically within within kind of all the metadata and the data side. And also you want to be able to search for the people, right? So I think that's that's an, that's another thing that we need to consider that it's not just the kind of the, 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 the metadata and data aspect, but it's also the people and how you want to know, I'm going to go find the right person. Uh, and, and I think that's another, so that's another kind of feature that you want that you want to be able to give to your data consumers, producers, is ability of doing a lot of variety of search. And I think, um, I think kind of even for us, when, because we data that where we were powered by a knowledge graph, that graph technology, that knowledge graph technology, is what enables us to improve your search to kind of follow that graph and recommend you things that we can that that, that uh, what's being connected. Same, that's literally the same way how Google does their, their searches. So I think search is another key fundamental. Uh, feature that is needed for to help people accomplish their job. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And I, I think search is really powerful because it helps both the producers and the consumers as part of the equation in terms of consumers are looking for information and producers are looking for, hey, you know, I want to be able to find the things that I need to be improving, need to be enhancing, building documentation around and that sort of thing. So, you know, we, we talked about collaboration, we talked about search. Um, another key one, obviously, uh, a key feature that really helps these personas is, um, is integration and the collection of metadata, right? How, do, how does stuff get into the catalog so that you have things to search, things to collaborate around? Um, you know, one of the things that we do at data.world is try to think about what you might want to add to a catalog very holistically, um, because it might be a data warehouse, uh, it might be, you know, a, a file system like S3 or something, maybe it's serving as your data lake, but it might also be things like, um, you know, you have a glossary today that's in a spreadsheet or something like that, and you want to be able to bring that into your catalog. Um, you're using Tableau and Power BI and Data Studio and Jupyter and these different things, and you want those types of analysis assets to become a part of your catalog, um, and so on and so forth. So there's a, there's a lot of different things from an integration standpoint that, that, that make a lot of sense to support the catalog, both for the producers as well as eventually the downstream consumers. So, so, you, so you're touching on another point is, the, the col I mean, the collaboration is key on all, on all aspects, right? So, so you wanna be able to, one of the pains that people have is, is understanding the data, right? So I'll have a data dictionary someplace, right? I'll, I'll start collecting my business glossary in a spreadsheet and then that doesn't get up to date. So, or people will put it in a wiki in, 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 in Confluence or whatever. Uh, so you wanna be able to have that, have that in place where people can go find that in search. So that's one thing that you want, you want your vocabulary, your business glossary to be a first class citizen within your, your, your data catalog. But then also you wanna be able to start kind of using that glossary to start connecting it to so many different things within your, 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 all your data assets that you're doing. Now, your business vocabulary 
there's just a broad view of this. And I think that's another aspect we need to go think about. It's not just a list of terms, right? Because one thing is that we can go in and say, I need to have an ability to go add more details or comments to what this call would mean. Yes, we need to go do that. Yes, we need to go figure out what is the correct data type. Uh, yes. But we also need to have is, okay, there's these business terms, this business vocabulary, what does this mean? We need to have that too. But then we also think about, we need to have taxonomies. Like there are concepts that are broader than others and narrower than others. So we start getting kind of more rich semantics, provide more rich meaning within the organization to go do this. So if we have a concept of an order, there may, there may be some, some different, different, more narrow definitions of, error, of what an order is. And then you kind of start adding kind of more expressivity to what this, what this knowledge actually means. So then you go into this, into this level of what we call ontologies and you can say, well, no, look, there is, there is an order and there is a customer and there's a relationship between order and customer. There can be different types of relationships and let's go define those. I mean, to the point later on that you actually can put even cardinalities, right? A, a customer can purchase multiple orders and an order can be shipped only to one address. So there's all this level of expressivity that later on you want to be able to use that to go help improve the search for your data, uh, help improve the, the data quality, right? Uh, the constraints around your data. So when we think about kind of understanding the meaning part of our data, you can start from very simple, like let's have a data dictionary, go to add, add a business glossary, we can add income more and more semantics little by little. You really wanna be able to kind of have a tool that says I'm prepared, I can go all the way. You shouldn't go all the way down to the deep end, the most complicated thing, but you really need to think about, I have a way to kind of get that progression because ideally one day you will be adding all these very expressive meanings about what all, what all these different concepts mean within your organization. Yeah, that, that's a really great point. And, uh, and for those of you uh, that are joining us that maybe are a little newer to, uh, to cataloging or newer to the metadata space, you know, there's a lot of different forms of documentation and abstraction and sort of understanding layers that you can put on top of your data. You know, obviously one of the most simplest versions of that is just the data dictionary, right? I've got a table of data and you know, what do these columns mean, right? Uh, and being able to just say, hey, this column means this, this column means this, this column means this, here's how you should think of these things. Uh, and by the way, you know, this table represents this, right? And then, and then, you know, being able to say like, oh, okay, and, the, and maybe here's the primary key and that connects to that table, that connects to that table, right? So it's a little bit of a, the most sort of uh, data-centric view in terms of documentation. And then you've got things like the glossary, which are much more of like, you may have a concept like customer or order or a metric concept like, you know, um, uh, net sales or something like that, right? Uh, and these things have definitions associated with them and may be connected to columns and connected to data elsewhere. Uh, and then you may have layers of abstraction and concepts on top of that, like tax taxonomies or ontologies. And, and, and sort of these are all layers of sort of knowledge and abstraction that might go on top of your data. Yeah. So I'm looking here at what Ernie here is, 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 is in the chat. So you were asking what are the, so what features do you think are the most important for to a data catalog to help serve producers and consumers. And Ernie's saying identification of stewards is a big one. I completely agree on this, right? You, the stewards, um, as well as engineers and other people, right, within the organization, they're, 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 they're actually people, you should be cataloging them too, 
right? Because you want to know who's out there. You want to know who's had the experience, who's, who's actually in charge of this, who's the one who's authorized to give this, who's had experience with this, who has a know-how. Um, and I think that's another aspect that you want. And I think kind of, even if you look at the history of data about world, right, we started out being the, the, the social network for data people. And, 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 and that wasn't on accident, right? That was on purpose because I mean, the, the ethos of, the, of, of this company is that, I mean, you're, you're combining data and people together. Um, and that's why, I mean, anybody who uses data in world, we have this kind of Facebook style uh, feel around it, right? You have this activity feed. You want to know what people are doing. You want to know what is the most active, uh, what is the most active data set right now? Uh, you want to see what people are chatting about. What are the discussions? Um, I remember when we launched the, the, the Tableau launched all the COVID data sets, right? The Tableau put these data sets and all of these discussions were going on because people didn't know how to use it. And it was really cool to see um, people by themselves were figuring out. That's, that's the definition of self-service. And you, and you got it done because all, it's all in one place. Um, so I think that's another feature that, that I'm seeing is that you want to be able to have an environment where everybody and everything can be all connected. You do not want to have one tool that says, here's your business glossary, one tool for business glossary. Another tool, here's where you do your, 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 your data access and your virtualization. Here's another tool where you go manage conversations. Like, I mean, I mean, I, I can guess you can pull it off, but you're just fragmenting everything. Right. And, and I think that gets to, to, too complicated. Yeah, you, you want to have a single data commons that allows you to just do all of that knowledge work, right? You're trying to create work and knowledge and action out of data. And uh, the more you have to context switch, I, I already know that switching between Google Slides and Google Docs is already too much for me. So, <laughs> well, so, so there's chatter about the, this terminology ontology. So how does the ontology terminology intersect with the glossary? It seems very similar. That's a really good question. A proprietary terminology. So, I mean, you, you, you can find a lot of uh, graphics of people saying how the, the expressivity increases, right? You go from, Here's a bunch of uh, a folksonomy, right? Here's a bunch of tags, literally, right? That's the that's the most people. That's the simplest kind of form of some sort of vocabulary, and people will be using the same different words to mean the same thing, right? That's like, that's that first step, and then you start adding a little bit more kind of control. Now we have a controlled vocabulary. So from a folksonomy or from tags, you go to controlled vocabulary, controlled vocabulary. You keep you go to a taxonomy and so forth. So I think that's the progression that you see uh, about all these terminologies. Um, but I just want to point here something about the proprietary terminology. I think within industries, there are definitely existing conceptual models, terminologies out there that you want to go reuse. Um, but also realize that, that your terminology within your organization may be unique and that's fine. And you actually, if that's the case, you want to go catalog that because otherwise somebody else, right? You're working with a partner, you go acquire the company and you have new uh, uh, employees joining on board. Uh, you want them to really quickly hit the ground running. So that's another point that your data catalog isn't just for the people who are actually doing data work. It's also for the people to understand what's the vocabulary that we use within our organization. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, one analogy that kind of comes to mind is that I, I really enjoy uh, football. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if we're going to be playing any football this fall, but, um, you know, the one thing that uh, kind of reminds me of this is that, you know, people always talk about their playbooks 
And, you know, there's not just one way that you are calling all the plays, right? Every, every single team has their own approach to what they're calling the plays and, and how, they, how they talk about them, even though the concepts themselves are similar. And I feel like similarly within every single one of our organizations, we have our own plays, our own playbooks, our own techniques. A lot of times it's talking about the same stuff. But it doesn't matter what words you use as long as you're creating the relationships, creating the structure, and you understand it within your own context. Uh, and that's what really matters. So that's that's sort of a, a way of thinking about it that makes a lot of sense to me. And, and let me comment on the on the guidelines of building terminology. Come, I, mean, I know we're going off a little bit topic, but let me let me try to go bring it back in. Is I think we we do need to have guidelines for creating uh, for creating uh, your your terminology or ontology. And I think that's where you have the, the these these roles, right? Let it be a data steward or what I'm calling this this knowledge scientist. So I think that's important is to be able to have these have these roles well defined and who's in charge of this. And then you know you want to define the success criteria for each person. So we know that you you want to be able to have people who can connect, can define terminologies and connect them uh, to different assets, right? So you want to be able to have tools that enable you to go do that. Then you're gonna have other tools or you wanna have other people who are gonna go actually search for that data because they're gonna go uh, um, answer business questions, whatever. So you need to have features that allows consumers of data to go search and go find, but they're gonna have questions. So you're gonna have to, you're gonna wanna be able to go talk to other people. Um, and then I think a next step is that you wanna be able to have features where you can actually go access the data we were talking, we were talking about. I think this is, I think in the, the first episode that we did this here was this step from metadata management to data management I think that is key and, and, and the world still sees it separately, right? Gartner still calls it the metadata management quadrant. And, and that's not sufficient, right? Because you don't, you're not, your goal isn't just to manage metadata, right? We need to be able to go provide people, provide the users, for example, the consumer of data, who are gonna go do something with it, the ability to go find the data and go use it. And I think that's a key, key feature that 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 catalog should have that's that's how a consumer can actually provide get value i can go find it i can go use it don't make my life complicated please yeah i i love the sort of the convergence that's happening in our space and i think even you know analysts like the the gartner folks are starting to move in this direction and, and too when they think of like uh you know data fabric and, and concepts like that is that on one end you've got like metadata management on another side of this, you have sort of the data access, whether it's virtualization or data integration or whatever it might be, right? Or just in general provisioning the different data tools. Uh, and then uh, sort of on the third point, you've got um, semantics and knowledge building and relationships and things like that, right? And, and sort of when you connect these three things together, you converge those three things together, you get a tool where you can find the things that you need, understand them, uh, ask for access, receive access, actually perform analysis and document your analysis. And then on top of that, you're documenting your work and you're building connections and knowledge and abstraction on top of that. So I, I think that's, that's a really powerful architecture and framework. And, you know, that's one, one approach that I know we really aspire to try to do at data.world. Now, so I'm thinking about another topic that is dear, dear to our hearts now, and it's something that comes up a lot is this feature of lineage, which I know that we're gonna go talk, we're gonna have a whole session talking about lineage because that's such a hot topic. Uh, yeah, we and, actually have a, a webinar coming up next week on that. Oh, that's true, yeah. So, so here's the interesting thing is that, let's forget about the, let's forget about lineage right now. 
let's, what is the pain that people have? So a consumer, well, the pain of a consumer is, okay, I found something. I, I found a dashboard. I found data. Now the question is, do I trust it? So yes, you can, one way to go figure out if you trust this, go find who's actually using it. You find actually the people, you can go talk to them. That's definitely one way and that's a valid, that's one way of validating that you can trust it. Uh, but maybe you really want to go a little bit deeper to understand that. So where does this data actually come from, right? If people are saying they trust it, but is this actually coming from other trusted sources or not? So that's one thing that, that a consumer of data needs to go do because, hey, if they're producing analysis on data they can't trust or they realize later that they, they shouldn't have trusted it, that's failure. So that's one thing. And then the second, on the producers of data, that you have your like data engineers and stuff that they're going to be changing data for X, Y, Z reason, right? They're integrating other sources, schemas need to go change. And then they need to know, okay, I'm, I'm going to make this change. What is it going to affect? And and there you want to know, okay, is it, it's going to affect this particular warehouse, this data set, this, this dashboard. I can, so I can go find those things, but I also want to know who are the people involved too, right? Because I want to go talk to them and realize, okay, this is impacting a hundred things. Out of these hundred things, which is priority? And they can say, yo, forget about it. 90 aren't anymore. Let's focus on these 10. So that's why you just, you want to have the people aspect involved too. So, um, and I think now that feature of lineage comes in to go help us. But I think it's important to understand, okay, what is the kind of the, the, the pain that these consumers and producers have? And then what's the feature that you go, go use it? And I'm, I'm seeing a lot now kind of people pushing the technology of the feature, but it's important to understand why you want to be able to go use that. Uh, so I think lineage is really important uh, for these types of problems that producers and consumers can encounter. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think it provides a lot of that context that when in combination with all the other things that a catalog can provide, like, you know, the searchability, the relationships, building the sort of the documentation and abstractions and analysis on top, um, that, that can, can really give you a full picture and, and really helps you see how, you know, it's not like all of these things are just sort of isolated um, in the sort of the ether, right? They have dependencies on each other. Uh, when one thing breaks, other things can break, right? And all those interdependencies are are, are critical in order to have a well-understood, well-functioning um, sort of data infrastructure. Now, I think we're almost running here onto the half an hour. I just, this time flies when we chat like this, but, <laughs> uh, and I'm seeing more questions, which I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to discussing uh, Misty's question uh, when we go, hopefully Misty stays around for the, for the happy hour, but, um, one thing before I forget is we're talking about producers and consumers and how they, they get value. A lot of the enterprise tools, these enterprise data tools, unfortunately have been designed with an IT forward mentality on how it's designed, on, on how the experience is and how it's the user experience. So it ends up being an IT tool. So then you continue this, 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 this separation between the IT and the business, because this is a tool for IT. But hey, guess what? The consumer, which is not an IT person necessarily, right? They need to go use the data, but they can't because either this is a tool for IT or they, or they get access to the tool and they're like, what do I do? Like, this is a horrible, a horrible user experience. Um, and I think, I think actually we should find this. I think Gartner actually put this out in one of their latest uh, reports is that having uh, tools designed for your business users is critical. 
I mean, that's the next thing. If you're designing your tools just for the IT folks, I mean, that, that's, you're, that, that's, you're not setting up your consumers, your business folks for success. So I think that's another aspect that is critical is that if you're going to have uh, your data tools, make sure that we have tools that are friendly for the business users that have that user experience. And frankly, when, when I have discussions and people are doing this build versus buy, I, I cringe because I'm like, excuse me, you, you, you're not a software engineering shop. You're going to develop software with the user experience for IT and not your business users. Guess what? You're setting yourself up for failure. Yep. No, and you know, I feel like a lot of companies, um, you know, now that they've brought on chief data officers or in general, they've been pushing these sort of self-service analytics uh, approaches. Um, they keep on talking about data literacy, right? Data literacy is this theme that's kind of coming up over and over again that, well, if people just understood, you know, statistics and data, you know, data quality concepts and, you know, understood the data itself a little better than, you know, maybe, uh, you know, everyone would be more effective at, uh, at, at using data in their jobs. We could be more data driven. And, uh, and, you know, I, I think that where we need to realize is that obviously there's, obviously there's a responsibility for end users to learn more and to become more informed and to, to, to skill up, right? But in the same respect, there's a responsibility of technology to fill that gap and help people with collaboration with getting expertise across the aisle from the producers to the consumers to create these bridges or otherwise, um, you know, what's the point of uh, being in the technology business, right? We, we have all of this, uh, this power in our hands to be able to create tools. Um, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. So, <laughs> so let me, I, I want to wrap up. I was actually here kind of typing the list that we went through the, the list of the features that we went through. So I think we should, um, let me just read it out. So, what are the features that a data catalog should have uh, so your data producers, your consumers can be successful? You need to be able to go manage vocabularies, glossaries, taxonomies, all the way to ontologies. Uh, you need to have features that you can, you need to be able to support data lineage. Uh, you want to be able to support search and be able to find things in terms of your, your tables, your columns, but also your business glossary, your Dablo dashboards. Uh, you want something, you want a tool that has, which puts people at the center. Uh, it's not just cataloging data, but you also have people and, and the discussions that people can have, right? You wanna have that social network aspect that those kind of activity feeds. Um, you wanna be able to have a tool that can help you not just search and find the data, but actually go access it and go query it. And if you go querying, like we can talk about data virtualization, data federation. Um, you wanna have a tool where you can do work and you can save that work and you can go share that work with somebody else People can go find that work, find those projects and go reuse them. Um, and the people can, you also want to have tools that are user friendly, that have a user experience for the, for the data producers, the more IT technical folks, but also for those business folks. That's kind of my summary of the discussion today. Uh, and, and with that, I think we want to thank everybody for, for sticking around. We really, really appreciate that people are here and uh, we're going to wrap up right now and then we can uh, unmute everybody and, and keep having that uh, happy hour discussion. So thanks everybody for, for being here. Yep, thank you.